as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. For this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. And right away, I'm going to apologize. I am sick. I'm over here uh, mainlining expectorants. And... Um, this there. is probably going to be a short episode where we review Freedom Fighters, The Ray, and it's appropriately short because this is a very short season. If you're willing to use the term season, sure. Yeah, if you want to do that. <laughs> I mean, these are like six, five, five to six minute episodes. That's um, the long and the short of it. Yeah. Do you, um, <laughs> you want to start off on any kind of like, I don't know, hopeful or positive note or should I just get right into it? Ah, sure, I've got a couple things. Um, So it's the same production as Vixen, which Mm -hmm. means that it's... I don't want to hold its format against it. That's the format it was given, and that's what they're dealing with. And we've said before, we think this whole five-minute, six-episodes thing is absolute insanity. Ah, a little bit, yeah. Um, I mean, you get to what amounts to the end of, like, slightly less than one good Justice League episode. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's over. You're out. You're done. Peace. We'll see you next year. Maybe. So it's a little frustrating to even watch this kind of thing. But um, I will say this. The animation looked a little better. Um, even the dialogue, better than before. Like, it's better than Vixen's been. Like, I, I think they trended in the right direction in a lot of ways. But there's just... It, uh, it's just not going to work in, <laughs> in so many ways. So uh, his his best friend, I forget his name, guy who's not quite Black Condor, but is. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> It, he was actually funny a couple times. I enjoyed his dialogue. Um, what else? What else do I have that's really positive? Uh, I can't say it's short. That's a backhanded compliment. Um, man, that may be it. Maybe all I've got to say positively. All right. Dialogue a little better. Animation a little better. Still love Russell Tovey. I don't know. I'll let yeah. you know if anything else comes up. But um, and it, it was nice to see some of the backstory of. Well, like, hey, hold on a second now. How did how did how did that ray end up over here? Uh huh. How did one go to X and all that? I mean, it's nice to get right. some of the backstory, but and can I just lead in with a problem you may want to take up? You didn't just give me a backstory. You just gave me like you gave me a whisper. This was Yo. the entirety of what you showed me was what would be the blurb if you were going to do the actual origin. If you mm-hmm. gave me what happened in this episode entirely, and I'm just going to call it an episode, because let's just do that. How about that? If you like. If if you just called it one episode, all you gave me is, is like, the teaser for that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am going to say, first of all, that the drawing looks nothing like Russell Tovey, and that bothered me a lot. It is way off. They could have just thinned his cheekbone a little bit more, or not his cheek, his jawline a little bit more, and it would have been, you know, acceptably like him. Well, Russell doesn't even have an upper lip, and they gave this dude, like, the biggest upper lip ever. Like, is, very yeah, pronounced in animation. I hadn't thought about it, but yes, he does have very full lips compared to the true Russell Tovey. <laughs> mm. 
But, you know, I mean, whatever, let's, uh, I, I don't even know what to say about that other than it's annoying to me that it, does it look the same, does it look like the same guy? It irked you. It did. It irked me. Um, this feels like a polished version of, like, G.I. Joe or, or the Fox Kids X-Men and Spider-Man cartoons. See, that's uh, funny. And it may be true. It, it may <laughs> be true that, given what you said, uh-huh. this may be a better series than the X-Men cartoons that we all know and love. No, no, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's a better version. I said it's polished. It's more polished. Okay. That's, that, that, I mean, you know. Better and polished are different. You're right. It's it's still shit if it, if it shines. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I understand. But. This is bad. It's going to be the main point is like, maybe this was a, maybe it was a great first step, but it's just, we got to wait another year just to see what happens with anything. It's just a frustrating this makes Concept. me feel. I like Russell Tovey. I feel like you know who else I like. Matt Ryan. I'm really worried about the Constantine show now. I know that they're holding hostage. Yeah, um, it's a problem for a different episode. I feel like this show has really bad, awkward animation. I agree. Um, I most. I think it got you know slightly better than where a Vixen was, but it is still very awkward. Maybe and, uh, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not certain on on the Dixon thing. Not sold on my proposal there. <laughs> no, I, I I'm really not. I think it's probably about the same to me. But you know, it's bad when Stephen Amell doesn't come back. <laughs> you caught that too. Yeah, that was Matthew Mercer, not not Stephen Amell. Yeah. And now the, if Stephen the, Amell's like, ah, I'm gonna pass, guys. Yeah. The first thing he did, like the first uh, voiceover from him which I think is him kind of telling the whole city, get out, get out, this is your last chance kind of thing. Uh-huh. Sounded very Stephen Amellish. And then, like, the second he came back on, I was like, uh, I don't know about that. Mm-mm. Right. But then you start wondering, like, well, how did they end up with Melissa Benoist, Daniel Panabaker, uh, Valdez? Like, how did they end up with everybody and then just Amell mm-hmm. couldn't make it? I, I don't want to say won't come back. That would be overstepping, but... Yeah, it's probably a scheduling issue, really. Most Amel's, Amel's proven that he's willing to do any number of crappy things. This is true, yeah. It is probably a cheap <laughs> shot to say Amel didn't want to want to do it. He has stated uh, publicly and proven his point several times <clears throat> that he will do absolutely anything. Like He wants to corner the market on Green Era. Yeah. Um, the Red Tornado voice was was patently awful. I don't know, like all any, even the people that came back and like play these characters in live action. In the in the animated version, they play it like they've never acted before. I don't understand. It is strange. It's uh, they. It's hard to describe. It's like they play it as though someone was, was describing the scene for them. Like traditionally with animation, you at least get to look at the animatic. Uh-huh. You at least get to look at. I mean, if you don't know what it is, that's basically an animated storyboard. So. Mm-hmm. You at least get that, which gives you the timing of the scene, tells you when your lips should be moving. Uh, yeah. You don't it, – it does. It feels like there's a disconnect that I can't explain. Now, normally I would say that, like, and these are good know, actors. in animation – Yeah. I, I, in voice acting, you have to over-project because the audience can't see the nuances in your face. Mm-hmm. But – and I would I would expect for them to – for their voices to sound a little dead because they're underdoing it. But they're not. They're overdoing it by a lot. Oh, so that's your disconnect, is it looks, it, it sounds animated, and it doesn't look animated. It sounds way more animated, like 1980s G.I. Joe animated. Like, and See, I'm wondering now, like, if I just gave so you the vocal track for this 
this uh I'm I'm gonna stick with episode. If I just gave you the, the, the <laughs> soundtrack for this episode, I'm kinda wondering like if, if you would perceive it the same. Because it might be as as simple as like there is the disconnect where you're seeing like this person isn't making exaggerated movements at all, but this person sounds very excitable right now. I'm confused. Uh huh. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> it just... seems like maybe if I showed you just if I just gave you the audio and let you imagine it as you you might see it, like, like gave you the storyboard even, so you know where everyone's supposed to be per frame, yeah, uh, or, or per scene or whatever, and, or per shot. And anyway, so if if I gave you those two and let you just 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 watch it in your head, you know, just imagine, and yeah. then showed you the final product, I think your comment might be like, okay, who stole like half the frames? <laughs> yeah, I mean maybe it's just that the the, the animation is so very uh, limited. It is. They did it for money. I mean, that's the assumption I'm making, is that it is limited because it costs less, period. Right. And, um, I mean, they're they're producing it for relatively cheap. I don't know what the contracts are with all the actors that do or don't come on board with these things, but yeah. I imagine it's not the most co- <laughs> cost... Uh, how do you... Uh, costly, that's what I want. Uh, thing they do. Yeah. I wasn't... I, you know, that, <laughs> one of the things that... Uh, I kind of, I mean, I hated it, but it was also kind of interesting as, you know, we get to see what one of those G.I. Joe, knowing is, ha- you know, knowing is half the battle mm-hmm. uh, segments. That's what this was. It was that, but for the LGBTQ community. It was just <laughs> so heavy handed. The guy's like, equal rights. And I'm like, well, yeah, obviously, but oh my gosh, this is bad. It's like, they're just. We're going to go walking, and there just happens to be a skinhead in the woods preying on lesbians. What is, what are you doing? <laughs> it's, I'm not saying it's probably never happened. Because just we live a in a gay funny superhero, world. Just as a gay superhero happens to be. But yeah, that felt a little forced. That felt a bit forced. And I'm like, you know, women, gay or not, have to be a little bit you know, unnerved by the fact that the guy was like, this wouldn't have happened if you had a man take you home, and then a man saves them. (laughs) You're saying that's the kind of thing that you would be annoyed by later if it were you. (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I'd be, well, I was me, and I was annoyed at the moment. Mm, (laughs) I was like, really? Because, all right, whatever. Yeah, that one... That one didn't bother me nearly as much. It was just like, I agree. It was that that scene was just kind of a come on, man. Don't make a cartoon. Literally, make a cartoon out of what is a very good point. <laughs> like yeah. you, you could have. This could have been a good or a bad PSA, and this feels like a bad one. Yeah, and you know, I don't know, I don't know why, but like that politician or whatever at the beginning that was like, let's be honest, the pe- the people you're talking about don't support me. I'm like. Oh, they didn't, wow, they didn't was... vote for me, yeah. <coughs> Any good politician is not. Is just not going to say that. Not actually not. say it. That's the problem, is because like, you can become a soundbite too quickly. Now, yeah. do I think that a lot of people feel that? Yeah, probably. Absolutely. Yeah. But do you say it out loud? Not a lot of people that dumb. Yeah. Anyway. There are ways to throw shade in that way that you don't, where you don't have to say it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... They didn't really, uh, I, I feel like I should have felt something when all those different freedom fighters got the kibosh. I felt nothing. Which kibosh here? When they were all dying? Over yeah, the when they were the... all dying. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I have to agree. 
they didn't give me a whole lot to, to a, lot, a whole lot of reason to uh, care about any of these people. Like yeah, you weren't particularly including invested. the Ray. You, uh, it, it's um, yeah, it, it was hard to really like. I felt way more excited about the Ray in in the small moments I had with him in the crossover. Yeah. Then. And they didn't even make me feel sympathy for the Ray. Like, they even, like, went out of their way to, uh, I don't know. Like, they cracked on him for living with his parents. Now, Earth One's Ray? Yeah. Okay. Earth One's Ray. Mm. They cracked on him for living with his parents, and then the dude he's dating is like, eh, I don't I, I was done with this sneaking around shit after high school. Right. That, so, like, see, that actually did make me feel some sympathy for him, because he's still, like, it's hard to still be in the closet, especially when you're trying to do that. Like, I, I, I get where he's coming from, so... <laughs> that actually did if all the sentences you could have picked on that would actually humanize me a little bit see it didn't for me because like the only thing the only thing they gave me to care about about in reference to him was that he was gay and in the closet so even when other gay people were being like eh, you're, you know you're, you're pathetic dude i kind of just like oh man just let's end this character or something or figure out some way to make him likable like he just seems like Oh, so that was your take. All right, like for me, I I saw that as like um, I don't know, I I see that in like a societal kind of way where where, where that makes sense to me is um, even within it, even within that framework, you've still got you're kind of getting judged from both angles. So like I see it in in that framework where yeah, the people mm. that want you out of the closet are are kind of giving you a little shit for not getting out, and then there's all the stuff you have for getting out, and you got to like sit there between the two worlds. I get that. So, but your version yeah. though was, um, you just made this character uh, even less relatable to everyone, even even in in, in his life. Like you're, you're just like, yeah, this is basically, you're pathetic yeah. from basically every angle I can think of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I felt like that's you know sort of what the and I don't know maybe it was just so they were actually, making too much of a joke of it. Your uh, like maybe your most defining moment is like when he walks away from the guy the first time and. Uh, his bestie, whose name I cannot remember right now for my life, um, <laughs> says something in the lines, along the lines of like, dude, help yourself. Yeah. And so for you, that was like the whole series summed up. It was like, yeah, yeah. If this character could just, if this character could just help himself a little bit and then get back to me in a year, that'd be great. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, fair enough. And that's what you're going to get is we'll see him in a year, I guess, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. That was a weird cliffhanger After to leave it on. left on a cliffhanger. I- and I sat there watching the last portion of this episode. Sure. Um, thinking, man, they've got a lot. They've got a lot to wrap up here. Uh huh. And then I got to the end and thought, oh, come the hell on! This is mm-hmm. you. You barely showed me the first act. You're not getting three in all likelihood. Just tell your story. Uh huh. And even if you defeated the regime, like in this thirty minutes, it's still the Ray. You've got plenty of stuff to play with. Yeah. There could be all kinds of, you know, pockets and little wannabe Führers you got to deal with later. Anything. You got plenty of time, plenty of rope, whatever. Yeah, I feel like they should have, like, maybe not had, like, three episodes of fighting with Melissa Benoist and Blitzkrieg, you know? Just... Right, yeah. Um, yeah, that was kind of a waste. It really was. I don't like, say... Maybe I mean, care about I, the character. I, and they tried, though. They tried to make you care about the character, but your version of caring about the character was like, oh, this is a character I don't care about it at all great oh and you tried to round him out and what instead you told me is that there are many facets of this character and i care about none of them <laughs> i would if he was written well i have cared about that character before i cared I about him in the crossover, crossover. it's great uh 
And I don't think that was just Snart. I, like, I don't think we just cared because Snart was involved. I think no. he was genuinely just an interesting character with a lot of... Despite Toby's voice, that, that character resembled nothing of what I saw in the crossover. <laughs> no, It was so sad. <sighs> I mean, hell, do you have anything else? Good lord. I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, I think I'm done. It was bad. I'd, mm. I, 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 I talked about all the hope I found before, and as we were talking about it right now, I don't think I found any more hope. Oh, I'll tell you something. Hmm? The sound effects for Vibe's powers are, are terrible. Stupid. That was that was the worst. You, I think you did it better doing it with your mouth. Like I kept thinking during that scene, which a little bit of props for the goggles, a little bit of props for the goggles being you know thrown down. That was it was a good shot. But I kept thinking during that scene when you heard like, um, did they actually steal this from an old Doctor Who episode, or am I just thinking that they could have? I don't know, man. It was just, I feel like, what I what I imagined was like, they were like, oh man, we need the vibe sound effects. I don't know why we're not going to go use the ones that we use on the Flash. That you've got on deck. They're just sitting why don't there. We just, why don't we just go over to one of those free sound wave fi- uh, sites and look up sci-fi laser. Yeah. I mean, if I had to guess what I would put in on one of those sites, it would be um, Sonic Weapon. I would just put in Sonic Weapon and see what someone came up with, and it, something very similar would probably be there. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a great note to leave on. Yeah, sure. Well, guys. As he described, <laughs> this was just kind of, yeah. <laughs> Can that be my official review? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you want to talk about the fact that, like, 25 people wrote this thing? <laughs> oh, no, it was hilarious. I have not seen, um, I haven't actually seen what I swear to you was, like, I think it was six different writers on the written by credits. God. That's new. It, it, normally there are a lot of restrictions about how you can't do that. Uh. But I guess not in new media, so whatever. But I, I'm i like 70% sure there's a like a writer's guild restriction on doing that kind of stuff. Hmm. I'm just sad that this many people wrote it and it was still crap. It's possible that's the reason. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Just keep taking your passes, baby. Just keep taking your passes. Yeah. I don't know I don't know what to tell you on that one, man. It was weird. Mm. This was just a weird thing. <laughs> Alright, guys. Well, this was the first episode of twenty eighteen. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> and uh God. Oh. What a way I to start. I would love huh? to be more optimistic. <laughs> but they did not give us a lot to work with here. Yeah. We are DC on screen. You can find every episode at DConscreen.com. Uh you can also find merch and whatnot over there. Uh, we're going to be coming back with a Lucifer review tomorrow. And um, until then, guys, keep some DC on your screen. ...was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time. TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, an improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. I'm